Hi, I'm Waylon Revis from A Killer's Confession, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle Radio show. Uh, as you know, we're a veteran-owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money, so if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to, uh, our anchor sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle uh, any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at uh, at today's boondoggle on instagram facebook twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our youtube channel our rumble channel and our BitChute channel please follow subscribe comment and download and please consider checking out our sponsors. If you uh, support our sponsor, Dream Nutrition, you can receive 10% off your order by using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. So Dream Nutrition, they're a veteran-owned and operated company as well. So please support them and receive 10% off using the promo code BOONDOG10. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle, and uh, I'm uh, I've been a little excited about uh, setting this interview up here today, and I, and I'll get into that a little little bit as we get along here. But uh, let me introduce this this gentleman, for Mr. Joseph Rojas of the band Seventh Day Slumber. How you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, it's just uh funny how how time uh full circle and and kind of the subject matter and stuff we'll be talking about today um that i want to get into but usually when i have somebody on for the first time i like to get a quick background so originally what did you want to be when you grew up uh you know when i was growing up it was hard to figure out what i wanted to be honestly i didn't feel like i was good at much um i it was one of those things where I didn't really have a lot um, of goals and aspirations. Uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of weird and kind of sad at the same time because I was wanting, uh, you know, to be a part of sports. I wasn't really good at that. I was wanting to, um, you know, grow before I hit 12 years old when I got my first guitar. Now, once I got my guitar, I wanted to be in a band, but 
prior to that, there wasn't a lot of stuff. So I guess you could say music uh, in some way, like she kind of saved my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It gave you the, some direction or purpose. I, uh, and that's what I was going to ask next too. Like, when was it that you discovered music and, and, uh, that, that took you 12 years old, huh? Yeah, actually, um, music was, was, was life-changing for me. I was, um, I grew up in a household as a single mom and, uh, she was working all hours of the day and night, really just trying to raise my brother and I. And so, um, all I wanted was this guitar, like, uh, um, the guitar player Slayer had, and it was a BC Rich, and you know, and those are expensive. And I'm I have a single mom who can't afford to go get me one of those. And um, anyway, she worked at Sears, so she was able to get a like a generic knockoff looking one um, from the Sears catalog, the Sears and Roebuck catalog, man, and. And so I grabbed that guitar, but I couldn't afford, we didn't have money for lessons. So my mom got, or an amp. So she got me this old amp from a pawn shop for like 15 bucks, had a blown speaker. So it gave me distortion. But uh, but I started uh, on that and and it ended up taking a lot of my day. And, and that's a good thing for me because, you know, I used to sit around just thinking about, stuff i just was always thinking about stuff and that's not a great thing you know for me no i can relate <laughs> music kept me occupied preoccupied i guess yeah and then so uh when you started like learning how to play and and, and uh growing up in high school did you start any like bands with your friends and stuff yeah yeah actually i did man i um i started uh uh like a hardcore band called the front and um we weren't any good at all and the name was perfect because we were just a front <laughs> for real <laughs> musicians and, and so uh but no we play the skating rink and just any like place that would have us we were all under like you know all under 15 so we couldn't play really anywhere that was even some of the all ages places were like, you guys are too young. You know, we're like, this is all ages, you know, they're like, yeah, but we want people that are 16 and 17 here. But uh, no, but we were playing anywhere that would have us, man. And uh, we, all of us kind of broke apart because it's just like, we weren't good, but, but it was fun and I loved it. And I um, had a blast. And then I started playing country music, um, which is, you know hilarious but it was i started getting better at my craft you know better at my guitar and learning and i'm like man you can't make any money playing metal out here in texas you know and and, and so i started doing like country i picked up a bass guitar and started playing bass for a country band and all of us were like young rockers and we had another stupid band name we changed our uh we it was a couple of the dudes from the hardcore band they actually got a little bit better but we changed the name to young at heart, which makes no sense. Cause we were literally young. And so, <laughs> so of course we were young at heart. We were like kids, but we started playing country and we actually were somewhat successful and 
in in South Texas. So, yeah, played a bunch of honky tonks as you know as teenagers. Nice. And then, like, when did uh, uh, Seventh Day Slumber uh, come together for you? Uh, Seventh Day Slumber came together um, in about '97. Uh, I uh, honestly, I drugs got real bad in my life. Um, I started using drugs and alcohol when I was 12, and um, and so that became my go-to because I felt a lot of emptiness and that's what I, you know, I don't want to get, you know, too depressing on your show. But at the end of the day, I grew up without a father. My dad used to beat on my mom. That was the only real memory I have of a, of a dad growing up. And so that's why, like I said, up until 12 years old, I, I was really hurting, man. I, I had a lot of stuff going on in my mind. And so having a guitar really, that's what I said, saved my life. It really, helped me to not be so focused on that kind of stuff, not having your dad in your life and everything. But, but anyway, uh, no, I mean, drugs and alcohol, 12 years old, 14, I found cocaine that became my drug of choice. And, um, and so I was playing all these honky tonks. I was playing all these dive bars. I was playing all these places and, and, uh, I got paid in like drugs and alcohol. That's, you know, how we got paid and, and partying and all that stuff. And, um, and then I came to a place where like, I was looking at 10 years in a federal penitentiary. Like I'd been in and out of jails and institutions and locked up here and there. And, um, and finally I made the decision to take my life. And, um, and so I didn't know nothing about like, I, I wasn't raised like in a church home or anything like that. My, my mom believed like God is real. And like, you shouldn't kill people and you shouldn't talk back to your parents. And, you know, the, like, like God, like that, like the big man upstairs. Yeah. But it wasn't like real big in our, in our family and stuff. But anyway, fi- finally, I made the decision to take my life. My mom was the one that found me. And in the back of an ambulance, um, I had an encounter with, with Jesus. I mean, that's, I'm not trying to preach on your show, but that's what, that's what the deal is. And that began my my journey, that's how Seventh Day Slumber came about, is I couldn't write about the stuff I was writing about anymore because I wasn't I wasn't depressed like I was. Because all my other songs that I'd be writing about were all about like, you know, I mean, it, just to re- rebel, which is cool. I still feel, I'm still a rock rebel, man. But, uh, but it was like just a lot of depression. And I'd write a lot about taking my life, a lot about dope, a lot about that. And this, I couldn't write about that stuff anymore, man, because I felt like, dude, I'm different. I feel different. I'm still ugly, but <laughs> but uh, God didn't change my face. But <laughs> but no, I mean, and so Seventh Day Slumber came about that way. Like I I um, ended up just getting a few people together, and we and st- people that I also knew um, had had an encounter with God, like believed in God stuff, and we started that band. But I wanted it to be rock. I still wanted it to be heavy. I still wanted to be like, I got judged a lot, by the way, in the church for that because you ain't supposed to have rock music and talk about Jesus. Well, um, I got a, I got a confession for you. Yeah. Um, 
back in uh, 2009, after my my last deployment in the Middle East, I uh, you know I was a big heavy metal rock and roll guy, living that same lifestyle. Um, two two little girls at home, and I got deployed, and I had my and, and preaching and uh, and free speech is welcome on this show. So we're gonna we'll get into that, you know. Yeah. But uh, I uh, you know I had my come to Jesus. Uh, moment when I came home from the Middle East and I was, uh, you know, uh, kind of like struggling, you know, I, I, I got saved at a church. Um, I, I, you know, I came home, hit, I kind of hit my bottom over there, you know, seeds were planted in my head, what kind of legacy I would have left behind if I didn't come home, what would my daughters remember of me if I didn't come home. So the seeds were planted, I came home. I got saved at a church here. And then I was like, Hey, I got a drinking and drug problem. Can you, uh, hook me up? They hooked me up with a uh, Christian recovery group. And, um, you know, I started getting sober and then I was like, well, what am I going to do? I love music. I love metal. I love, you know, hard rock and stuff. How am I going to make this transition? And, uh, I went to, I took me and my daughters, they're still little. And we went to our first alive festival here in Ohio. Oh Yeah. And at that Alive Festival, I got to hear this this man's testimony um, before his band that that really kicked my butt, and I and I really loved him. And uh, I got a picture I want to share with you. <laughs> wow, man, <laughs> that's old school, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, so you guys, uh, I, I met you guys at a live fest and I heard your story there and tears running down my face. And I was just like, thank you, God, I can do this. I can, I can leave. I can, I, I could still rock out and I could still worship. And, uh, you know, you, you played a part in that. I mean, I heard you guys, I got turned on to skillet, you know, I was a big kiss fan. So skillet had the pyro and all that stuff too, Oh yeah, you know, and red. And, and that was just an amazing weekend with me and my daughters. And we started, you know, that became like a tradition. Now they're all grown and, you know, they don't like sleeping in tents and stuff anymore. <laughs> I don't play them, me neither, but, uh, but yeah, dude, you, uh, I got to meet you there and hear your story and talk with you. And, uh, you definitely helped motivate me and inspire me going forward. And now I, I'm, you know, I just celebrated 13 years of sobriety. Dude, rock and, on, man. And, and this, uh, this podcast is kind of like, uh, therapy for me working on my anxieties and all the other stuff, you know, we get sober, but then we got to work on feeling and how we feel and all that, yeah. you know, and how we deal with stuff. And, uh, and this podcast has been, a, a, a tool to help me, uh, you know, socialize more. But when I, when I had, when I saw I had the opportunity to talk to you, man, I definitely wanted to share, share this with you, man. I thank you, uh, for everything yeah. you, you've done, man, to impact, uh, my life. And I'm sure so many others, and I'm glad you're still doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, so I just wanted to share that with you and now we get back to the, the interview and everything, but, uh, dude, thank you for sharing that with me, man. Seriously. Uh, that means a lot to me, you know, like you, every band, whether they believe in God or not, every band wants to make an impact. They want their music to matter, you know, and they want their music to make a difference. And so hearing, hearing this man it, it really it really means something to me so thank you for sharing that and congratulations dude like i know it's not easy getting sober dude like it's 
and it's and it's and it's not easy like the, the things that we still have to deal with now you don't have something you can numb the pain with anymore now you got to face it head on and and those yep. are the tough things but that's that takes courage it takes bravery and and uh and so i just want to encourage anybody that's watching and listening like dude you can you can do it man you you can and and I'm not here to judge someone that's still, you know, that, that drinks or is doing whatever. But I'm saying that there are some people that are have real struggles with it that really are are hurting, and I'm and don't feel like there's any way out of it. Like that addiction is too big, and I'm here to tell you that it's not. That it, it is big, but it's not too big, and uh, and that you can you can have victory over this, man. You really can. Amen. Yeah. I'm, I'm involved with, uh, you know, my, my home group is a Christian recovery group called galvanized at my church. And, uh, um, you know, it's just like, you know, you come in there and yeah, you're getting sober, but we want to be better men. We want to be better fathers, better husbands, better, you know, brothers, uh, examples for our, 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 for society, you know, and it's, you know, it, it, especially in the world we, we're dealing, you know, in, in well today but all the time you know and it's it's definitely not easy but it's it's it when you get when you surround yourself with a good circle you know it's like when i was in the military yeah you went into battle with somebody to your right and your left well every day is a spiritual battle you know and i just try and stay surrounded and i god's blessed me through this uh podcasting i i you know i'm, I'm friends with a bunch of other musicians and people now that I attend, uh, recovery meetings with and stuff. And it's been, uh, it's been a huge blessing in my life and it's definitely helped my, my daughters are now, you know, young adult women and, and my relationship with them is, you know, been amazing for everything that God has done and, and recovery has done, man. And, you know, it's good to, you know, for me, God's always, you know, he'll speak to me through people in the rooms. He'll speak to me through relationships you know, and on the radio and, and, you know, and through, you know, music and your, your guys' music has definitely played a role in telling me things I needed to hear from God a lot of times. So that's awesome. But let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the latest album, um, you know, death by Ad admiration. I mean, now it's like 13, it's your 13th album. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you guys have been doing this. <laughs> you know, a while. And it, I find it ironic, you know, be, that it's your 13th album. And I just celebrated my 13th anniversary of sobriety too. So yeah. it's like, look at that, how much you guys have been helping me along the way, man. I appreciate it. But uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, putting that album together and what it, you know, the inspiration and motivation behind it. Yeah. So death by admiration. Um, it's, it's a, I want to say it's our heavy. Well, I know it's our heaviest album to date. Like it's, it's, it, it goes hard. And my son who's 20 years old and now he's the drummer of this band. He's a phenomenal drummer. He's played with a lot of bands from spoken to the protest to he, he plays drums for a lot of different people, but our drummer is now um, in working in, in, um, in Sacramento and lives there with his family and everything and does music over there. Um, and so my son, he was my son's drum teacher. And uh, so my son is now uh, in that position, but 
Blaze actually, him and our guitar player Weston produced this album along with Kellen McGregor from Memphis Mayfire. And Kellen's a friend of ours. And so all three of them got together and produced this album. And I always kind of joke because people say, man, this is, dude, y'all, this is y'all's 13th album, but it's y'all's best album to date. And I'm like, oh, that's the one I had the least involvement in. <laughs> what is that? What is that about? But but I can be proud of it because, you know, my son is is the one who uh, he wrote about 70 percent of the melodies on the record. Our guitar player, West End, wrote all the guitar parts. Uh, and Kellen McGregor was kind of the glue that put it all together. And so then we had a guy by the name of Brad Blackwood, who's a Grammy Award winning um, mastering engineer. He did. P.O.D.'s last couple of records. He did Corn, a couple of Corn albums, Bruno Mars, 21 Pilots. Anyway, um, he... Yeah, I see I, he did uh, worked with uh, Demon Hunter and stuff. Yeah, too. he did Demon Hunter. Oh, and yeah. Matter of fact, Ryan from Demon Hunter, the lead singer, he uh, he designed three of our album covers. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing how all this stuff works. But But Brad mastered the album, and so... It just came out amazing, and I'm just honored that I get to be the guy that sings it every night, you know. But they they put a lot. I sang about I I wrote about thirty percent of the melodies, and then I wrote fifty percent of the lyrics on there. My son wrote the other fifty percent. But it is a powerful record, and I listen to those those songs, and man, it, it really like it really hits home with me on on that record even the like the stuff that my son wrote it just really speaks to me man and i it speaks to a lot of people it's it deals with real life issues and you know it's just a solid heavy record but but with with the lyrical content that people can really relate to and encourage them you know give them an anthem and rock out yeah, and that's what I'm talking about too, because I've always kind of like been a lyric guy, and like I said, you know, when I need to hear a message, you know, it's usually, you know, somebody's song lyrics. But to me, I'm taking it's like hitting my heart a certain way, like you know, like I said, God's trying to tell me something, you know. So I'm I'm excited to hear more of this uh, this this record. Um, and you guys called in, you know, like a lot of uh, other players to contribute. I, I see to it like uh, um, Josiah from Disciple, yeah, on there, and uh, Telly from The Word Alive, yeah. Josiah, actually, um, we've done a lot of touring with Disciple, so we know all of those guys, all the Disciple crew and everything. Love them, um, and it was great to. Josiah actually wrote a song with us on this record, and. Um, it's called Can't Say Sorry Enough. It's the only slow song on this record, the only ballad, which is funny that Josiah was the one that wrote the slow song because that dude likes to rock, man. But no, it was he he was really helping me out because I wanted to write a song for my wife. A song this is song this is a song that's years in the making. Um like I seem to be able to write songs about everything else, but when it comes to my wife, i it's such a sacred thing that I don't want to mess it up. And I just want the song to be right. And so the song Can't Say Sorry Enough is really just about all of the the hell that I put my wife through. 
you know, what I, what I put her through, man. And, and how I, uh, she's watching me drink myself to death and people don't know this, but like I got set free from a cocaine addiction. I had a $400 a day cocaine addiction. And that was before I knew my wife. That was before I even had kids, you know, and because I got married when I was about 25. So, um, so everything had finally changed by then. And I met my wife shortly after I got, I got clean for real. Like, and, um, you know, I, for 10 years, I was living for God, like, and for my family. I didn't, I, I was sober. I was, man, everything was happening. The band was taking off. We're playing all these events. We're on VH1. We're on Christian television. We're on active rock. We're on Christian rock. We're on all, all the everything. And it's all going great billboard. There's so much to, to like be happy about, but for some reason, I ended up falling into a depression. You ever been sad and you didn't know why? Oh yeah. And that's that's how I felt. Like I, I was just sad and I didn't exactly know why. And I couldn't pinpoint it, but I started and instead of telling people and like like finding someone to talk to, and I'm believe me, I had good friends. I could have done it. I just didn't. Cause yeah, I our pride you know, gets in the way, you know? Yeah, that well, that's it. Exactly. And 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 I just was like, man, I don't want him to know this. And I don't, you know. And um, so anyway, it ended up getting worse and I ended up grabbing a bottle and uh, and dude, I ended up back down that same road and my wife had to see me like that. And now, that was years ago. But um, the, but at the same time, I um, it's still fresh to me. And I know that and I, when I think about how I hurt my wife and her having to see me that way, it like makes my stomach hurt to think about it. Even now that I've, that's been years and I'm like not using, uh, I'm not drinking or anything like that. You know, it's, it's like, it's still, I hate that I, that I did that. And we can't live in the past. And I understand that. And I've made peace with my past, but at the same time, you never like to think about someone you love that much that you actually were the source of their pain. And so can't say sorry enough was a song that I wanted to write to her that even though I've said sorry so many times and she has forgiven me, she's never thrown it in my face, man. Like for oh, real, that's beautiful dude, <laughs> never. And so to have a wife that's never thrown in your face, but I have to see myself in the mirror and know that I did that. And it was, it was hard for me to forgive. She forgave me, but I couldn't forgive myself. Yeah. And, and so that's what can't say sorry enough is. And Josiah helped me bring that song to life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's it's beautiful that your your wife's been uh, so forgiving and supportive, man. My my ex still shoots some flaming arrows, you know. Yeah. And this was like I said, I'm 13 years in now, you know. Oh, yeah. and it, you know, I mean, I still got a lot of character defects I work through, but that's why I got a 12 step program. And the the hardest amends for me to make have been the people that I was closest, you know, the mother of my children, the people that I was closest to that I really hurt, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I I'm. I, but I'm glad, you know, you being vulnerable and transparent in your lyrics and, and putting this stuff out is definitely going to continue to help so many other people. Um, I mean, how much, I mean, 
it got to a point, obviously, that, you know, uh, I mean, was it almost like living a double life because you're representing, you know, a Christian musician and stuff and then you're, you know, on the side or whatever. I don't know how uh, yeah, you know, well, obvious it was. but That's what the title, uh, that's the, that's what the title Death by Admiration is about. So, yeah, I mean, I hit it really well. Like a lot of people didn't know because I'd have all these excuses. Dude, I don't drink on stage. Or I don't drink, you know, whatever. So it's only when I got done playing, then I'd go back to the bus and I'd be in my, I have a back room in the back of the bus and uh, I'd go back there and I'd just drink myself till I drink, till I pass out and trying to drown out the pain. I could see like, I could help all these people at our concerts, like just, I was helping these people, you know, it was God helping them, but using me to, speaking their life and stuff and but i couldn't help myself and it was like i could trust that god could help these people because i saw him help me with my four hundred dollar day cocaine addiction but i i felt like that he wasn't going to help me because of how bad i've messed up now after he's given me all this stuff dude i was homeless like when i say homeless i mean i don't mean sleeping on someone's couch homeless i mean i lived in an alleyway in austin texas and I ate out of garbage cans and God like fixed me up and now I'm a homeowner. And so it was like, you know, and, and so how could I take all of those cool things that God did for me and then still go mess up and drink? That's what I was feeling. Right. And I'm like, yeah. God must be totally done with me, but he wasn't and he isn't. And and he knew the mistakes I was going to make before I ever made them. And he hasn't changed his mind about me. It's not God that was telling me he's done with me. It was unfortunately a lot of other Christian people that were telling me God was done with me. Oh, yeah. And, and God's like, you don't speak for me. I know you claim to come in my name, but you aren't speaking for me. And it was it was when I finally had another like real sit down with Jesus. Like, I you know, and he's like, I love you. Like not in an audible voice, but. But to, to my heart, like I could, I just knew he was telling me he still loved me. And it was my wife that was like Jesus to me. She was being Jesus to me. It was her who was helping me to restore, you know, all that stuff that I'd lost. And anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, death by admiration. I felt like I was living a double life and death by admiration literally is about that. It means what it what it means is that people admired me so much and looked up to me and i don't mean held me as an idol i mean like really respected me really admired me and i didn't want to let them down there were people that looked up to me so much and their lives were changed because of something i said just like you and i were ta- just talking about when you yeah. were at you know the festival and so they looked up to me that i didn't want to let them down and let them know that this is how bad I've messed up and I didn't want to be here. I just honestly wasn't able to get out of it. And, and and so while you don't want to let the people down that admire you, not because you want to be a hypocrite or because you want to keep doing what you're doing, but because you're so embarrassed of what you're doing and you know it, you, it's not right, but you don't, you don't want to let them down, you end up holding that stuff within and it's killing you inside. That's what death by admiration means. Gotcha. And I can, I can relate to like, you know, I think some of the, sometimes the, the biggest obstacle for people coming to uh, know Christ is, is fellow Christians. 
you know we get in the way get in the way with our our human our own human understanding and judgment and and uh you know it's it's a shame man i mean if god's so you know omniscient you know i mean who are we to say how he's going to help others and communicate to others he's going to go into these places where most of those christian people won't go into and it's usually you know through you know music or or you know whatever you know people that are just willing to go there and be and show the love and shine the light you know so um but uh you know speaking of the uh the new album and stuff you guys get ready to you know hit the road and 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 play um to to promote it is there a particular song on the album that you're looking forward to the most playing live for an audience and connecting with man i this new album, it's hard for me to pick. We're going to be playing a lot of the probably like eight songs uh, off that new album and on the Death by Admiration tour. And that tour starts in about 29 days. And so um, we're going to be out with, uh, we're bringing out a band called Decipher Down. We're bringing out another band called Spoken and then a band called Amongst the Giants. And um, and that's going to be a just a hard rock, hard hitting in your face tour and um you know we're playing like the house of blues in dallas and wild catters in houston texas and then we're playing some churches too you know so we're playing some clubs some churches and whatever else we're bringing the heat but um one of my favorite songs to play live we're already playing it now it is a song called halos and dude that song is straight fire man my our guitar player came up with a he some came up with some sick riffs and um and then blaze uh he our drummer he came up with some ridiculous like melody and that that just song i didn't i don't know man that song is just a it's fun to play it's also just a powerful song just about not being able to say goodbye to the ones that you love that maybe you missed an opportunity to speak to them before it's no longer here and you can't, you don't have that opportunity now. And so that's wow. what Halos is about. And it's, man, it is, it was on, um, it was on the playlist on Spotify's playlist, the metal, uh, like they're, I forgot. It was like new metal or new something metal playlist, which has almost a million, um, uh, like followers or whatever, but they put it on that, that one. And we didn't even, like sign it up for playlisting so that's they they, they must have loved it too so it, it's just really cool man yeah you know and while you were just explaining the meaning of the song and everything you know I, it just kind of like hit my heart too like what we just have gone through with the whole pandemic and the you know the lockdowns and you know uh you know my my father lived to be 92 and he passed away back in in 2019 um I believe, or maybe it was 2018, but, uh, thank I was like grateful that it happened before this because it's like, you know, there was times where he was in a, a nursing home and it's like all those people that had to, weren't able to be there for their loved ones that passed because of, you know, everything that all these crazy restrictions and everything that we just went through. I wonder how many people are going to hear this song and it's going to give them a little bit of closure or healing from, you know, what they're going through. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, that 
it was sad. Like there were people that had to die alone and, and they had kids that wanted to see them, wanted to be there for them, but couldn't, you know, because of the restrictions and all that stuff. And it's like, then you start running a bunch of stuff through your mind. Like, man, I should have spent more time with them. I meant to spend more time. I should have said this. I meant to say this or, and, and that's what the song is, is about. And so it's kind of just a reminder, like, Hey dude, tomorrow is not promised. We got to be there for the ones that we love and, 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 and take that extra time, even though we're busy and got all these things going on, man, make some time because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we're quick forgetters, unfortunately. So we need as many of those reminders, you know? Yeah. Cause I remember like one of the blessings that I thought, like, you know, when we were doing, going through the lockdown is like I said, my, my, my daughters are young adult women now. So they're always out with their friends. We're kind of just like roommates passing by, you know, all the time. And then when we had the lockdown, it's like, we had a chance to rebuild our relationship, you know, and, get to spend more time together. And I was like, wow, these are the things that, that, that really matter. And now it's like, everything's open back up and we're all kind of like forgetting already, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, any other, uh, songs on the, on this new album that, uh, like, I mean, for you were like, were, you know, hard to, to write and be as open and transparent. Um, well, you know, there, there's a, like this whole record is, is just really open and transparent. There's, um, there's a song that, um, we partnered with a a band called Relent and we're all on Rockfest records, you know, the protests and Relent and the letter black, you know, and all of us are on, on Rockfest records along with a bunch of other uh, amongst the giants, but, uh, relent, um, that's a sick band. Um, Richie from fire from the gods, uh, produced their, um, their album heavy. We, we, um, man, that record heavy is heavy, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, but we wrote a song together because I was telling you, I was kind of, kind of, I was real hurt actually, not just kind of, I was real hurt by, by other Christian people. And I don't want a Christian bash. Like, that's not what I want to do. And I know on a lot of shows, it's like, everybody's like, you know, rock and roll, screw Christians kind of thing. And like, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not about that. I, um, and I'm not here to make everybody believe what I believe either. Like, you know, I, I can only share with what happened in my life. And, and it was God that set me free. It was Jesus that changed my life. And I'm bold about that. I don't, you know, no matter what show I'm on, whether it's, you know, a Christian radio show or a mainstream radio show or whatever. But but one of the things that really bothered me was how, you know, hurtful it, some of these Christian people were when even when I did finally come out and say I'm struggling with alcohol and stuff like that. You know, there were a few that were. That were like. That would drink with me, but then judge me afterwards. And and I'm like because they didn't have the problem I had, you know? And so maybe they could have a drink or two and put it down and I, and I couldn't. And, and so uh, I was this big sinner. I was this big, horrible person, this big hypocrite. 
and they were fine, even though they were the one that brought the beer to my bus or bought the the the, the bottle that we all drank or whatever, you know. And and dude, it was it really hurt me a lot. And I'm not uh, trying to make excuses for my actions. Um, I felt like a hypocrite. I really did, and I have no excuses. But I'll say this: that the there's a song on there um, that we did with Relent and that song is called Snake Mouth. And that song is literally a song to all of those Pharisees out there, those Facebook Pharisees, those Facebook mm-hmm. theologians, those Christian people out there in quotes, quote unquote Christian, that, uh, that would, that would block, put up roadblocks for people that not only me, because I already knew Jesus. So you weren't going to stop me from believing that God loved me or had a plan for my life. Now, I may have had some doubts there like, oh, God must be done with me now, you know, blah, blah, because who wouldn't think that after making the mistakes I've made, you know, and it's hard to believe someone could love you after that. Everybody else in my life has left me, um, you know, other than like my mom, my wife and God. But but that song snake mouth is just about that. It's just to all those people that would put up roadblocks in front of other people that maybe don't know God or have only, I've only thought, I don't want to hear about this God stuff, dude, it's a bunch of crap or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And, and, and I understand why they're hurting so bad. And so instead of like putting up a roadblock, we go to love on them. We go to meet them where they're at. And I see some of these people that are like, no, until you get yourself together, you ain't coming to God. Like they're like God's, doormen you know patting people down and whatever else doormen for jesus they need to have a ministry called doormen for jesus or doorman for jesus like nah man you need to quit patting people down you need to be patted down to if the truth you're going to really be told and then another thing about that is dude you don't fix yourself to come to jesus you come to jesus to get yourself fixed man that's amen that's how that works and so you're telling people that until they put down the bottle until they um, put down the dope until they stop doing this or until they stop doing that. They can't come into the arms of God, a savior. Dude, that's the, uh, nah, man, I'm not on my watch. So that's what snake mouth is about. It's about those people that spit that venom and vitriol. And I called him out right on that song. And so did Miggy from the band relent. That is awesome. And you just, uh, I mean, I, I was really tracking with that uh, everything you said because I've 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 experienced that myself. But I had a uh, we have this church down in Dayton, Ohio, called the First Heavy Metal Church of Christ, and I ended up uh, like I, I was my daughter did a jujitsu tournament in Indiana. We were driving back towards Cleveland, and we decided to make a weekend of it. So we stayed down in Dayton. We wanted to go check out Yellow Springs and maybe run into Dave Chappelle or something, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, I woke up in the hotel room in Dayton and, and it was a Sunday morning. And I was just like, Oh, you know what? That church is down here. I seen that video about him. Like I go, we're going to go to church. My daughter was all like upset. Like, no, I, you know, I didn't come for this, you know, but we went and, and the pastor there, I mean, they, you know, there's heavy metal music and stuff. And the pastor there was saying everything you just said. And so I ended up uh, getting his information. He's been on my podcast too, just saying everything like, you know, they take the people that those other quote unquote churches don't take, you know, take, they take everybody as you are and stuff. And that would be probably a good church for me to connect you guys with for your, your tours and playing and stuff, man. So maybe I'll send you that information when we're, when the interview's over. 
Absolutely, man. Yeah, people need to man. Yeah, people need to know that like be careful what you say. Like it it's cool that you found God, you know, but be careful what you say to other people who are still searching. Yeah. Because you may be the reason that they don't that they don't come and and it, our, our the power of the tongue, man. Our mouths, man. We got to watch what we say. And that's not just that's in general. Oh yeah. You know, that's in general uh God out of the equation. That's in general, man. You got to be careful. And um cuz I've hurt people with what I've said. I've 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 said things that I wished I could take back, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing about words. You can't take them back, you know. The biggest abuse I probably gave to my 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 ex and my kids during my addiction, you know, I never was physical. It always came from my mouth just running, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of uh, still 13 years sober. It's like I'm still trying to learn how to tame that, tame that beast and speak, speak truth, speak, uh, replace the lie with the truth in yeah. scripture, you know, and uh, it, it's it's a it's a day one day at a time thing, you know. Absolutely, it is, man. But um, you know, you mentioned Rockfest uh, Records, and that's like your label, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that, putting that together, and yeah. So I started Rockfest Records about four years ago. Um, Seventh Day Slumber has been on several different record labels, from Warner Brothers, Word Entertainment, to um, EMI and Tooth and Nail, um, and and then to capital. And so we, I've never owned my own masters. Mm. Someone else has always owned um, our masters. You know, I've owned my own publishing, which is great, but I've never been in control of my own masters until just several years ago when I, my contract was up and I told capital, I love the team. I love the distribution team. I love the the sales folks and everybody, but I don't, I want to own my own masters. I've been doing this over 20 years and I never owned my own masters. And I said, so I'm going to probably do this um, independently and release it, find a distribution. And I said, but I, I'd love to still work with you guys. And they don't just hand out distribution deals. Like, that doesn't, they don't just give people their own label. Like, here you go. Uh, here's, because Capital is owned by Universal Music Group. And Universal, UMG is the biggest distributor worldwide of music, all music. And so, and so as far as majors go, and this the three majors, Universal, Sony, and Warner Brothers. And so they're the top one out of all three of them. And then you have the independent distributors like the, you know, the Orchard and things like that. But but anyway, so which I was planning on going to something like that. And um, Capital said, hey, listen, we don't want you to go. We want to have uh, we'd love to work with you and you have a good name in the industry and a good relationship with a lot of the bands. Why don't you start your own label? You know, and I said, you know, I thought about that before. As a matter of fact, I had mentioned it to them before but I didn't think they would take me like seriously, you know, about that. Cause it takes a lot of money to do that. Yeah. And, um, and they, they, 
they were like, no, man, we're behind it. If you want to start a label. And uh, they knew that I'd been doing these rock fest tours where we'd go all over the country, us, Disciple, Project 86, Wolves at the Gate, uh, you know, all of us on those tours. And they're like, man, you know, Rockfest Records, we'd love to have you if you want to do it. So they gave me a distribution deal. And, and then I um, I had about 150000 of my own money. And then I had a partner um, who she put in for my wife and I. She matched it. And we started Rockfest Records four years ago. And, um, you know, I've had a couple of Billboard uh, records off of it and some several number ones uh, from our artists. We have Fireflight on the label, The Letter Black. And Fireflight just got certified gold. The Letter Black, um, Seventh Day Slumber, The Protest, Amongst the Giants, GFM, uh, the GFM band, which is uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, but okay. the GFM band, they're on tour with uh, Fozzie. They're actually getting ready to go on tour with Chris Jericho, the wrestler, his band. Yeah, Fozzie. yeah. So the they're heading on that tour right now. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, I definitely want to get him on on some at some point because he's a, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of his his work in the in the wrestling ring and stuff. But you know, then he's doing everything with Fozzie and his podcast is another one of my inspirations for doing podcasting. And it's just like, how does this dude stay so busy and still like raise his family and everything? You know, it's just yeah, he's he's uh, definitely inspiring. Um, so, you know, I want to ask you some of the, the questions that I normally ask, uh, guests that I have on the show, uh, musicians and stuff. And, it, and these are sometimes that, like tough for them to narrow down, but who are your top three, uh, bands? Uh, well, growing up, my top three bands were, um, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica, and I would say Soundgarden. Nice. And then is there a particular song that you feel has inspired you in life? You know, that's uh, one that you can go back to whenever you're kind of like going through a rough patch. Like I'm sure so many of your songs have been for others. Um, it's hard for me to think of one right now. Like I, I just, I just go back and listen to music in general and, there's a band called Story of the Year, and they had a an album called Page Avenue. And, dude, I find myself listening to that record a lot um, for whatever reason. And, you know, that record, sometimes I'll put that thing on and just rock out, and I don't think about anything else, but it also kind of gets me pumped up, you know? Yeah. But that's that's, <clears throat> you know... Also, I got to say, um, P.O.D. and that Satellite album. Oh, yeah. Man, I wore that thing out, dude. I remember hearing on the radio, you know, those songs and, and just, you know, it, this is before I got saved and stuff, you know, and it was just like, they were awesome rock, rocking songs. And then going back after with the new set of ears and eyes, it was just like, wow, you know? Yeah, Beautiful. no, I love, they, I love them. They're, uh, they're, they, they should have been in my top three. They're one of my, they're one of my favorite, favorite bands, man. Like I, and I love those dudes. They're great dudes too. Like Sonny and 
all of them, Trey and all those dudes, man, they are really solid dudes. Real yeah. cool guys. Yeah, definitely. And then who are uh or wait, what's uh um what class do you feel should be this could be controversial, but we'll see. What what class do you feel should be mandatory today before kids can graduate high school? Uh what class should be uh <laughs> they need a class on respect. <laughs> I mean, uh but a class that should be mandatory is I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to I think kids don't know their history. Like they don't they don't know their history. They don't know there's no patriotism in this country. And and I feel like it's because they don't understand what was actually And I know we've had the good, the bad and the ugly and I think people kids should learn about the good, the bad, the ugly, but I feel like there's this push now to kind of rewrite history and make it a certain thing and get rid of all of the other stuff. And, and I think it's important for these kids to know how this country has actually progressed over the, the years and, and the men and women that have fought and died for this country. And I, and I, and I, uh, with civil rights too, and all those things, like I, I believe all of it, but don't leave stuff out. And I believe that there, there's a lot of, history not really being being taught but um i don't know man that's so hard because i it, you just don't know like uh there's kids that are graduating that don't even know how to read to be honest yeah and that's 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 what we're that's the time that we're living in right now it's like i'm not trying to get political or anything i'm just saying we're just in that time right now where it's like dude there are kids graduating with no kind of skills no kind of I don't even know how to read. Yeah. I mean, a dumbed down populace is easier to control, you know? Oh man. Who are you telling? It, it really is. Cause yeah. even me, like when I, I, I didn't even, I didn't, I dropped out of high school and you know, I was, like I said, I was on dope and whatever else I dropped out, but like, I could believe any, like, I don't want to say I believed anything, but I was easy to convince about stuff. Cause I, I didn't really know a lot, man. I just didn't care. I didn't, I didn't care about politics at all. Like, Democrat, yeah. Republican, any of that stuff didn't matter to me. I, I just want to know where I can get high at, you know what I mean? And like play guitar, rock out, you know. And, but anyway, no, I, that's a hard one. I don't know. I think kids need to be smarter. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the blessing that, that I've uh, experienced with, uh, you know, being in recovery and, you know, my faith is just, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I do see it in the church, even in some of our groups. And my biggest prayer is I pray for discernment that everybody would have discernment. You know, I, I, I uh, mm-hmm. don't think I have all the answers, but it seems like I see the world through a whole new set of eyes. And I know we're definitely involved in a spiritual battle going on. And, you know, every, every day I got to armor up and I just want to be able to read through the, the, find the truth through the lies, you know, and I just pray that for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, who are three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today? Um, my, like, obviously God, but I mean, on earth here, I would have to say my mom, um, my wife and 
I'd say a mother-in-law who actually believed in me a whole lot. Wow. That's awesome. Three women made me the man I am today. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then is there any uh, causes or organizations that you support and want to encourage others to check out? Um, I would say Tunnels, Towers, uh, Wounded Warrior. Um, we have a song called Man Down um, that is that is really uh, a song written to our to those men and women who served and uh, man down is it's about PTSD and my son wrote the lyrics to it. He's seen me pray for a lot of our, our warriors and, uh, and, and then Josiah and I uh, wrote the music to it all together. Um, and so uh, man down um, that, that is, has a, a list on the video, like if you go to the video on YouTube, you'll see a list of organizations um, that we support on there. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll check that out for sure. It's been another blessing with being able to do this. It's like I've been through a couple organizations for myself that has helped me and my family and my, and my healing and stuff. And I'm able to network and pass along to other veterans in my community. So I'll yeah. definitely check that out. Um, Favorite toy as a child? Favorite toy as a child? I'd have to say um, it would have just been my bike. I had a garage sale bike that my mom got it at a garage sale. And that that bike, I mean, I was like, that was my toy. That or the Hot Wheels uh, race tracks, unless my mom took them apart and whooped me with them. And she did. <laughs> You know, yeah. but I used yeah, to love that Hot Wheels racetrack, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember though, those things stung too. It was like, Boy, they they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I know we just uh mentioned them, but any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas? I just want to say that we respect you, we honor you, we know that you don't get the help that you deserve, the help you need, and it's shameful. And we just want you to know that we're speaking about speaking about you every chance that we get you're not forgotten and we thank you for not just your service but your sacrifice and a big shout out to all those families that served right along with you awesome awesome man thank you so much joseph man this has been a huge blessing for me to be able to talk with you today and i hope uh we can continue uh connecting uh, you guys are in nashville correct yep Okay, I, I have some uh, some friends that are like-minded with us uh, down there. At, uh, there's one guy in particular I had on here um, I'd like to connect you with. Um, it, it just got kind of put it on my heart. I think uh, um, he's, a, he's a musician, he's in recovery, and uh, he's a good, solid dude just trying to, you know, he, he helps work at a, uh, a facility helping people get sober and recovery and stuff. And, uh, I think he'd be, uh, you know, good, good contact to connect you yeah. with. I'm um, down, man. Awesome. And then if, uh, for people that are in the audience that may be new to hearing about you guys and want to check you out and learn more, where would you send them? Just seventh day slumber.com. That's, uh, S E V E N T H. Make sure you got the T H on it. Uh, and that it's spelt out, not the number seven. So seventh day slumber 
Um, all of our information's on there, our socials, our all that stuff. And the name just means that God created the earth in six days and then he rested on the seventh day, he slumbered on the seventh day. That's that's all that means. It's not that creative, but in just in case someone's going, what does that mean? But yeah, seventhdayslumber.com. And then we're on all of our socials. You can hit us up uh, just at Seventh Day Slumber, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And uh, it's really us that answers your messages. Awesome. And then uh, real quick before I let you go, could you do me one last favor? Yeah. Mind cutting a promo ID for the show? Just introduce sure. yourself and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Joseph with Seventh Day Slumber, and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Keep it locked. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Joseph. This was, uh, this was great. Meant a lot to me. And, uh, I'll, uh, I'll shoot your, I'll email your wife the link and stuff when we're all set. Awesome. Well, dude, it was an honor. I'm going to hop on this other call. Uh, it's another podcast, but, uh, but man, it was an honor to be here, brother. Thank you again.
Decided they were going to go to a bar. Yeah, we went yeah, to a VFW. You said you were going to. I'm George worried about that. We uh, yeah, yeah. You'll be all right. But the thing that cracked me up is I won't. Jake Durham was there. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm as, like. As far as you know. Where's Chester? You got me all those guys at. That's what's going to keep you worried. I don't know. And keep you alive. I want them written up. You'll never be done with that. At the Ohio State Reformatory, July 15th through the 17th, with corn. Disturbed. Breaking Benjamin. Evanescence. Papa Roach. Lamb of God. Seether. Falling in Reverse. Three Days Grace. I Prevail. Black Label Society. And many more. All passes on sale now at incarceration.com. Thank you for listening once again to today's Boondoggle Radio Show. Please check out our website, DomainCLE.com and Today'sBoondoggle.com. Be sure to follow us on social media at Today's Boondoggle on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for more information about this podcast. Support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on gofundme 
Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and all the other podcast platforms. Please email us with questions, suggestions, and comments via today's boondoggle at gmail.com. Please leave us comments and five-star reviews. Thanks once again for listening to today's Boondoggle Radio Show. Thank you for tuning into this week's Today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's Boondoggle.